What is up and welcome into the Not So Experts. I am Taylor Mooney, joined by my good friend and co-host, Avery Nelson. What up, dude? It's been a minute. It's been a couple weeks, um, which is, oh, I was you know, a little disappointed. It's like, you know, some stuff was going on here, a little bit of stuff there. We didn't talk. power like a selfish asshole. I lost power. And then when I got power back, I was like, hey, do you want to do a late night one? You were like, I'm still on the road. And I was like, well, I guess... I'm not the asshole you are. It's all your fault. You lost could have, an inconvenient time. I would like to share with the podcast audience that if we would have discussed this, that you would be on the road that night beforehand, we could have recorded Wednesday night and we would have been fine. But we did yeah. not. It never yeah. came up. Also, to, to be fair, I was not planning on traveling in the middle of the week. And then I wound up needing to travel in the middle of the week. So... It turned into kind of a mess, um, and then I, I'm not a planner, so I didn't tell Avery. Uh, this is true. So I do know this about you. So now we know what my girlfriend goes through. <laughs> <laughs> I feel just yeah, terrible for her. This thing came up, and then, like, now I can't do this. Like, you, you knew that. <laughs> you should have planned ahead. I couldn't. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Predict the future? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, actually, a little foresight would go a long way, my guy. Yeah, I mean, in theory, but... A lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, we, we're being, we're, we've learned our lesson. We're growing in our relationship. We've, uh, we've learned to be more forthcoming on our communication. Are you talking about <laughs> us or you and Liz? Uh, but, uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. It's been a long process, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning eventually. Mm -hmm. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking some Terrapin High and Hazy IPA that I just had laying around from this past weekend. Man. Uh, we were together in Birmingham uh, for Halloween, and I would like to give a quick shout-out to Dallas, who doesn't even really listen to the podcast, but came to the Halloween get-together dressed up as the Not-So-Experts podcast. Yeah, yeah. Buddy wore a damn laminated name tag with an Alabama polo. And I was like, that's pretty spot on. I mean, we pretty much that's pretty much us. Like he, he the the episode title was Gumpin' Groceries and Golf. He came to the party in an Alabama polo, a, a laminated like screenshot of the podcast. So he was gumping and then he had a grocery bag, groceries, and then golf balls in the grocery bag for golfing. It was incredible. I was extremely impressed. I could not believe it. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to show up as Johnny from Shit's Creek. Because he had already done that. Yeah, and then he and then he shows up in the damn, in the not-so-experts get up. I was like, that's pretty damn funny. Yeah, we'll, we'll post this to, um, we'll post this to the socials, uh, as, as this episode posts. I'll probably uh, just post it to Top five Halloween costume. Uh, for me, it was a huge boost to the ego, which I always love. Hey, man. Always greatly appreciated. We don't get it very often, so when we do, we gotta blow it up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What are you what are you drinking tonight? Um I also have so I'm moving uh Saturday. I was about to say this weekend, big day. 
So, I, and I have a lot of beer to drink. During a bye week. Smart. Yeah. yeah, so what the hell am I even drinking beer for? Um, <laughs> but so I'm drinking some Terrapin Cryosphere right now. Cryosphere. Yeah, it's a uh, like a baby blue, like icy, like can looking thing. Never heard of it. Yeah, me either, but it's not bad. And so then I have some Hopsecutioner after that. That's good stuff. Uh, and then I have some Dirty Beaches after that. Fantastic stuff. And then when I get to Birmingham, I've also got beer in Liz's fridge. So. Dude, you're set. You're set for a week or two. I mean, dude, I've been on this binge, or not a binge, really, but like on this thing where I'm like scared to run out of beer, so I buy like too much beer. And I'm like, shit, I'm not going to drink all this. And then I just have like way leftover beer. That's um, that's me when I meet up with the pals. Like when we went to Franklin and me and Chase had to grocery shop for the house. It was it was four of us and me and Chase grocery shop for the house. And yeah. then we went and we were like, how much beer do we get? And I think we got a case extra, which was never touched. And then you and Justin went to the grocery store separately and also got more beer. Yeah. Well, it's like I'm buying beer like like I'm drinking like we did in college. But it's like <laughs> we don't drink like that anymore. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I, I drink, I, you know, I get a, f- a few more, a few fewer craft beers mm-hmm. than I get regular beers, but I'm like, damn, that's still a lot of beer, and, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, we that. we had two cases of, we had a case of McUltra, a case of Bud Light, we had, like, two 12-packs of White Claws, and then we had a bottle of bourbon and a bottle of tequila. Man, I still have liquor from, I went to a bachelor party in February. <laughs> you'll have liquor from the damn bachelor party like i like i'm a grandpa now i need to yeah i need to get some margarita mix otherwise that tequila is never getting drank it's just oh, never going I for do. me i have gin in my freezer like when the fuck am i ever gonna drink gin i hope never i i i and i think there will be a few people that will get upset with me when i say this but gin is the worst and i don't even like a gnt and i'm not sure if i can trust you if dude you weirdest thing to mix stuff with it's like what do i what do i drink with this nice gin you know i mean if it's a nice gin mate to be fair i've had like the cheapest i don't know what's the cheapest gin it's like i don't know gnt's just kind of suck i don't know maybe that's it maybe my palate's changed as well i mean i didn't even like whiskey when i tried gnt's and now i have a bottle of bourbon sitting on standby right here next to me so wow bro. i know for no particular reason, just it's just it's just there. So you gotta flash it, dude. You gotta flash it. Be like, yeah, I'll drink occasionally. I didn't even mention the brand, you know. It's just like I'm not even really trying to flex. Is it Blanton's? I didn't say the brand. You said the brand, and that we don't even know if that's the case. I'm not even gonna confirm it because I'm not even trying to do that. This man got Blanton's on deck. And I've also no because we are a um we're a uh, what you would call it podcast. Claude Mays. We're Clyde Mays podcast. This, this is Clyde Mays besides me, clearly. Oh, tight. Love, yeah. Love to see it. Has to be. Shit. But uh, I guess I guess we've been away for a while, and do you want to just, I guess, do a little recap of what's been going on in the SEC, the kind of state of the SEC as we go into the, the home stretch of the season? It, I mean, dude, so we talked about uh, when Alabama beat Georgia – how basically it was just Alabama's SEC to lose. Yep. And at this point, it looks like Texas A&M, you know, they've gotten better, but Alabama's got the lead on them. 
tiebreaker. Yeah, Alabama's got the tiebreaker on Texas A&M. So you're looking at Alabama's schedule, kind of like we talked about. You know, Alabama throttles, uh, you know, Tennessee. Alabama shuts out Mississippi State. Very First time Mike Leach has ever been shut out in his entire career. I think I think that two point Kentucky debacle should count as a shutout because that that he didn't score any damn points in that game. No, but but we, we shouldn't <laughs> count it because we should we should give ourselves some credit for yeah, doing that. Yeah, well, I saw people tweeting that shit and I was like, look, they scored two it, in the last game and it wasn't the offense. Right. But, yeah, but also I'll take I'd like I'd like Nick Saban to have that credit because if any coach was gonna do it, it was always gonna be Nick Saban. Well, I mean, regardless, anytime you shut anybody out, it's very impressive. Especially nowadays. Yeah, no, 100%, especially nowadays. And, like, I understand that they were struggling or whatever. But they they had, like, 30 yards of offense in the first half. Yeah, it was a, it was a dismantling. Or some, or some just dumbass stat. Like, they had a joke of an amount of offense. Like, I think they started out the game, like, 0 of 9 on third down, like, that was thoroughly dominant from Alabama yeah. defense, and I think, I think they're significantly improved. I've seen a lot of people still kind of bullish on the defense, saying that, you know, they're they they haven't improved like that much. Like they're playing shit offenses. But I said on this podcast that they have the opportunity to figure out their struggles against shittier defenses, and that'll give them confidence and. At that point, like they'll they'll just play better because they'll understand things more. And yeah. and if you look at you know how the SEC shaping up, you got Florida Georgia this weekend, which effectively decides the East. And Alabama's in a in a position where they're gonna have to lose two of their final four games against in significantly inferior competition. Um, and. I, you know, Alabama could not be in a better position, in my opinion. No, I don't think so either. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just you look around the SEC. You have Georgia, who uh, just last week, I mean, significant had significant struggles against a mediocre Kentucky team, won fourteen to three. Look, they have a good defense. I'll give Kentucky the the fact that they have a good defense, but Georgia's offense is absolute trash, and it looks like. We broke their offense somehow because since the Alabama game, they have just looked not good. I mean, since it's going, and I think the box score. Hold on, I'll actually I'll pull it up. But Stetson Bennett's box score from second half of the Alabama game through the Kentucky game is is something of of a nightmare, like truly a nightmare. Um, it is actually hold on, I got it here. It is. Uh, no, I don't. But I think it's something along the lines of like eight, like 14, 15 of 37 and four interceptions. Woo, hate to see it. The mailman. It, yeah, it's it's something like that. It's an absolute mess. And uh, I it's just look, it's at this point, and I'm we don't have to get too deep in it. We're not Georgia podcast. It's just I, I it's just like at what what in God's name. It's is really team. holding JT Daniels back. Like, really. It, it can't be worse. It just can't be. Well, I think it's health. Because, I mean, at this point, I mean, has you, to look be. At, you look at their offensive quarterback. You Their offensive quarterback. You look at their quarterback situation. I mean, at this point, if if someone else was playing better than, than Hudson, than, you know, what's his face, the mailman, 
they would play him. Well, you would like to think so. Yeah. You'd like to at least think so. And if then somebody, if somebody was playing better than Stetson at this point, they'd have to play him because they already know that it's not good enough to beat the best team in the conference. And hell, let's be honest, it might not be enough to beat Florida this weekend. I mean, they have got to play decent on offense um, to beat Florida. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I know their defense is a, is a, probably the best Georgia's, or it is it is the best Florida's faced, and it is because they're the best defense in the country. It's beat up. It is beat up, um, and then their offense is probably going to missing be missing George Pickens. So uh, the mailman's uh, best offensive threat. Let's be real here. Um, and then I mean, it's just it's just at that point it becomes a question of is Kyle Trask good enough? Because because at the end of the day, it's if he can play well, I think Florida can win that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am yeah. I wrong in thinking that. Georgia has another quarterback transferring. Um, so earlier, that just the rumor mill? Earlier in the week, um, I guess they, you know, brought up. I don't know. Earlier in the week, they brought up Dwan Mathis hopping in the portal. Yeah. Um, but to his credit, he has continued to practice, and he hasn't hopped in the portal yet. Okay. So from what I was reading, it looks like basically if he doesn't get another opportunity, then he'll be in the portal, which is 100% expected, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, of course it is. Um, but, you know. I was just I was just curious. I was thinking about um, – I mean, I'm not saying Duan Mathis is the answer, but, like, he, he doesn't – in my opinion, if you're Georgia at this point, you have got to have somebody that is is that changes your offense somehow. You know, right? Um, and if you look at Georgia's team, I mean, they got Julian Rochester who's out, Jordan Davis who's out, Richard LeCount who's out. Uh, you know, Klein or you know, Lewis. Uh, C-I-N-E, C-N-A is out. Uh, Quay Walker's out. Tyreek Stevenson is out. Like, the best part of Georgia's team for this game this weekend, and it's arguably their biggest game of the year, um, is out for the game. I mean, they got six, seven guys out on defense. Um, thank God Richard LeCount is okay. That was a great Right, game. yeah. Uh, dude got in a motorcycle accident. I guess it was like an hour after they landed in Athens. And apparently, uh, from what I heard, like he was on the motorcycle. There was no like, like any bad stuff involved, like alcohol or anything like that. But, um, he got in this wreck. Apparently he's lucky to be alive. So, um, I mean, that's good, but unfortunate for George in the sense that like they've lost like six, seven dudes going into the second best offense they're going to play all year. Um, so yeah. that that's one thing that I'm looking at this weekend. I'm, pre- I'm actually pretty excited about the games this weekend. Um, in the SEC, it's, it's okay. It's a, a couple uh, a couple decent games and then a couple mad games. It's, yeah. um, and we'll get into a few of – well, actually, we'll be picking a few of them here in the battle for the bottle. But 
Um, I, I, and then I'd like to touch on a little bit in the West just real quickly. Cause it's kind of funny. Uh, you and I kind of discussed last week and we were together. We we're actually at top golf during this game, the Auburn LSU game. And the spread was, I believe one point. It was a, it was oh. a straight up pick them. Yeah. And, LSU uh, favored by a point. Yeah. And I mean, LSU made Bo Nix look like a Heisman candidate, man. Like yeah. he, 18 for 24, 300 yards and three touchdowns. He had like a Mac Jones line style. Dude, I. He also ran for 81 yards in a touchdown. Let's rephrase this. Bo Nix had a bad Mac Jones stat line. Right, right, right. Fair, fair, fair. You know, Mac he's not Jones like a 400. Mac Jones day stat line wins yeah. Bo Nix. What? <laughs> however, however, LSU just did not look like they gave a damn. They got dismantled, dude. I mean, dismantled. They got completely outclassed in that football game. By not a good Auburn team. Like, let's no, not pick no, bones about it. This Auburn team's no. not good. The thing is, now you ask yourself, is this typical Gus Malzahn saving his job, getting his team to play decent at the end of the year? Is that what this is? Or did LSU just not give a damn about football on Saturday? I I think it's LSU doesn't know how to defend anything but like a South Carolina straight up run at you old school offense because Bo Pelini's a dinosaur like honestly and then you throw anything different at him you throw you throw something slightly exotic like um, Mike Leach's offense you get pantsed you throw Auburn's offense with all the window dressing you get pants like that's just Bo Pelini can't handle it. Dude, I mean, can we That's just it. talk about how they're the only team that has not just absolutely dominated Mississippi State this yes. year? Yes. I mean, and then and then you let Gus Malzahn and Bo Damn Nix just look like a new age, like badass. We got it going on offense. I mean, I like they have looked awful on defense this year. I mean, just they've looked out of place, like. Like, I mean, I, Auburn's I defense. People, I saw a lot of people saying that LSU quit. I I mean, look, Taylor, LSU's or Auburn's defense is is good. They're good. They're not. They're, they're all right. A lot of pieces. I would, even, I would even go to say they're all right this year because I don't think that they're elite on the defensive line or the linebackers like they have been in. in mm, no, I agree with that. But Auburn or LSU then goes on to score three points in the first three quarters, and then at the end of the game, a garbage time uh, touchdown, two point conversion to make it eleven. I mean, it's I know his and I know his job's not on the line, but like there will be an exodus in Baton Rouge. Dude, they can't afford to fire Gus Malzahn or not Gus Malzahn. They can't afford to fire Orgeron because they just extended him. I mean, you. I mean, you. I don't even honestly. You like, haven't talked about this, but I mean, what do you do if you're LSU? Like, you fire you, the coordinators. You just straight you, up. Fire. I promise you, that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna be an exodus. But that's still that's another probably ten million dollars down the drain. I mean, think what they're gonna have to pay Bo Pelini to fire him. And then I you think I actually. I think somebody million. said. I think I heard somebody say seven or eight million. I could be wrong on that. All right. So let's say seven eight million to fire and and. Orgeron also and Ed Wade or not Ed Wade Will Wade <laughs> took uh, pay cuts. Yep. So now you're gonna drop seven eight million to fire Bo Pelini and then hire someone else. I mean it's like 
that's that is a probably fifteen million dollar decision you're making there. After your your athletic department probably dropped, let's say they drop Alabama money, um, that's eighty million dollars or seventy million dollars, seventy to eighty that you're losing, plus you're dropping another ten on that to just fire your defensive coordinator. Yep. What a damn mess. It's a mess. Uh, I don't feel sorry for them in the slightest. Absolutely not. I'm they, so looking forward to this game this next weekend. Yeah, uh, we are, and we'll discuss that. Um, we'll discuss that next week. But we, I, I, we said at the beginning of the season. I, I've said it the whole way. You were more bullish about them being garbage this season, and credit to you. Credit where credit's due. But um, I will say, I didn't think they would suck this bad, dude. It's. Just from a just from a pure fundamentals level, like they're and I mean I'm saying this is as our defense has struggled with fundamentals, although we've gotten much better. And that's something we can discuss a little bit in a in a minute. But yeah. LSU's defense is it's so clear they are not prepared for like I said anything other they than look, an old school to early 2000s offense. They look lost on defense, dude. Bo Pelini's bad. He's, I mean, he's god awful. It is I mean, very clear for everybody to see. Corners, their corners are probably the only dudes on their whole team that have played well this year. And they're getting pantsed anyways, they're even still. They're struggling. Well, because they're struggling at safety and linebacker and defensive line. <laughs> right. I mean, you can't, you can't just put the the corners on an island and like just defend these guys for like thirty seconds and then like, we'll figure it out. Like do godly things. Like he is. The best he's probably the best defensive player overall in the SEC. And he just can't really do his job because the rest of his team sucks. It's, <laughs> um, look, it is what it is. Shoulda should have opted out, should have gone to the draft. What are you gonna do? Should just said I'll train for the draft. Well, he's got a whole nother year. Oh shit, you're right. I, I mixed him up. Sophomore this year, so he's mixed got, him up. He can't opt out and not do shit till next year. I don't know, why not? I if to be honest, if Bo Pelini was hired as my defense coordinator, I'd be like, nah, that's like, I'm good. Playing for two years for the draft. <laughs> no, anything but playing for Bo Pelini for the love of God. This, have y'all looked at this damn dude? Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do a bunch of drills. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Um. Actually, so I've just realized we actually we did cover the Tennessee game. Post Tennessee game, we yeah, recorded yeah. early that week. We did not record late that week, so yeah, because you 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 didn't have power, and then I was traveling, and it was. It was I tell you what, guys, I've I've lost I lost power for 23 hours. Yeah, not great. Um, Avery lost power, and I had to midweek travel, so it was it was just a hell of a mess. There was a real even split in misery between the two of us. Yeah, I had to I had to drive two hours to get. A damn business credit card. Two hours. Yeah, yeah, basically to go get a credit card and have like an in-person training. Jesus. All right. Well, I don't feel bad for you in the slightest. Which it was fine, but that's like I was like, damn it, like I gotta, I wasn't planning on it. it well, I, again, don't. I wasn't planning on not having power for 23 hours. Uh, on the upside, all the food in my fridge seems to be okay. Seems to be all right. Avery hasn't died yet. So that's I have cool. not uh, needed to be on the toilet for hours on end, so I think we're in the clear. Love that. Love yeah, it. I do too. Fantastic. Um, but we kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, I I would like to touch on the state game a bit because, like you said, it is a team in shambles. I get that. I think everybody gets that. But for one, 
you play what's the team that's put in front of you. We did the best that we could do with the team in front of us. That's all I want from the defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. And and then I think at a second level, our defense is clearly playing better fundamentally. Like the fundamentals look like they're there now. And I mean, that's that's something you can kind of feel or see against shit teams. Like they're they're not looking at nearly as lost. Yeah, they they were better on they were great on third down. I wouldn't say they're better. They were great on third down. Yeah. And granted they didn't have Kylan Hill, but they're tackling better. You know, Will Anderson looks really good. Malachi Moore looks like one Stud. of the best players on the team. Uh on the whole damn team, in my opinion. Like he has been balling out. Absolutely. So, so and, and then you got the two corners, uh Job and Sertain who are, like, two and three in the entire, like, I, I can't remember if it was SEC or whole country, in, like, yards per play, like, when targeted. So they're they're lighting it up. Uh, we could use some help at safety. Yes. Uh, but, but, I mean, that's a nitpick, and, and you know, we're not going to get exposed at that position. I don't honestly. I don't I think it's a nitpick. I think it is a legit concern. It is no the the safety position at Alabama right now is a is a legit concern. But but I think the linebackers are starting to play a lot better. I think the outside linebackers are playing a lot better. Will Anderson, I thought, was a huge difference maker in the Mississippi State game. The defensive line is playing well. The outside guys are playing well. If if we can get the safeties to come along in the last few games of the season, then I think this team is going to be really, really, really hard to beat. Um, and I'm not even trying to be biased, but if you're looking at, like, let's say Clemson, Ohio State, um, you know, Clemson's defense is exposable, in my opinion. I mean, Boston College lit them up. and, and I think this week's going to be very telling. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. But, I mean, I don't know. I think that, you know, maybe Clemson doesn't have all the weapons that they've had in the past on offense. And I think their defense is not as good as it has been, although I think they're a really, really damn good team. And they obviously have Trevor Lawrence, who can beat you on any given day. I mean, he's badass, you know. He is indeed badass. I mean, he is he is mega badass. So, I mean, they're still a threat, but they have flaws. And Ohio State doesn't have the playmakers that I think they normally have. I think I think that that uh, criticism is valid as far as their uh, running backs go. Although they have good, pretty good running backs, they're just not. Um, they're they're not they're not slouches, but they don't have a Zeke. You know, they don't have a J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, they don't have a guy who they can lean on when need be, um, which yeah. which I say we do. Um, and I think you're right about the wide receivers. I think they the, – um, or I think the wide receivers are very – I think they have a couple very good wide receivers. Like Olave's a freak. Yeah. He's really uh, I will say, for as far as Clemson goes, the thing I'm very much looking at this week in this Clemson-Notre Dame game – which we'll touch on a little bit during the battle for the bottle, but uh, it, as it as it relates to Alabama potentially playing them in the playoffs, is um, Notre Dame is a team that's leaned on the run this season. They've run the ball very very well, and that their offensive line is very very good. It is, I, 
it's legit good. Like, yeah, no, like I'm not like blowing smoke for no. I wouldn't just blow smoke up Notre Dame's ass for no reason. Yeah, like I normally make fun of them. Like they actually, I think they could run the ball on on almost everyone this year. They're excellent. That's and that's the thing is this Clemson defensive line isn't as elite as it normally is. You 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 kind of touched on that. My point being, if if Notre Dame can successfully establish the run, I would feel very good about Alabama's chances in an Alabama-Clemson matchup. Yeah, that's just kind of how I'm looking at that one. In Ohio State, I don't have enough tape really to even know. I, I barely watched them this season. That, you know? Yeah, and that's even with Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah, and 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 uh, with that, with Trevor Lawrence, and he should be, he would be back by then, obviously. It would then, you know, you'd have another dimension of can we successfully get uh, consistent pressure on him? Because we can't, we're fucked. That's it, you know? That's just the bottom line with Trevor Lawrence. You don't just give him time and 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 beat him. Yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously we'll we'll see, you know, in the playoffs, assuming Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson make it. But I said before the season that losing T. Higgins was big, obviously to the draft, and then losing Justin Ross for the year. I said, you know, I told this to one of my buddies in the office who was a Clemson fan. I said that's the type of loss that loses you playoff games i mean yes but also they still do have travis Etienne, who is an absolute yeah. freak of nature you know and, and yeah, so but he's a running back and if you look at you know ohio state and if you look at alabama i think alabama and ohio state have more household names in the sense of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball whereas like they have trevor lawrence and Etienne, and then who else they got um, Alabama's got Mac Jones, Najee, uh, Mechie, and Smitty, and, you know, Ohio State's got Olave, and they've got, you know, obviously Justin Fields, and he's... And also, big up to Master Teague, one of the best names in college football. Very far. Love it. Very far. And I just, I don't know, it, like, I think those three teams are, are absolutely, at this point, the best three, and I think it's going to be interesting who the fourth team is. Cause I think there's a few teams that can get into that four spot. Um, release the Cougars, release the fighting Zach Wilson's. What's do it. Wait, Zach Wilson's fight is on the Cougars. BYU. Oh shit. No way. Yeah. I'm tripping. I didn't know that guy's name. If I'm being honest with you. Oh, the, uh, the Mormon Manziel, is that how you refer to him? Yeah, that, no, that makes a lot more sense. I know exactly (laughs) who he is now. Right? BYU quarterback. Boom. Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, this season, this season, it's like, look, really in reality, I mean, honestly, who would be the fourth team? You could say, you could maybe say A&M, but that's boring. You could have said Wisconsin. Their season looks like it may be dead in the damn water. Fucking screwed. I, I, I feel bad. I kind of was excited to watch them play, honestly. Yeah. Um, But, like, you look at those teams, you're like, well, they're dead. AM's boring. Don't put Georgia in. The snooze fest. Real, uh, honestly, just let's have some fun with the fourth seed this year. It's the perfect year to do it. Let's just release the Cougars. Dude, yeah, I mean, you, you, def, you definitely could. So, I mean, if you're looking at the fourth team, so let's say – what it like you have Cincinnati who could go undefeated? Yeah, but they're kind of they're not as exciting. I just they're not as fun a team they're to watch. They're absolutely not. I think I think if if all the teams that are like you know group of five 
like stay undefeated. I think BYU probably gets the nod. Release the Cougs, baby. That's my that's my new uh, that's my new uh, battle cry. They have an electric player that is most likely to show out against, you know, an Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson. Like, if you think about, like, let's look at Cincinnati. Like, they like they're a, a decent team, but they don't have enough guys to to like put them over the top. Like, if you're BYU, like, what if you know? Mormon Manziel goes off for 400 passing yards and 200 rushing yards. Like you have a shot at winning a game against probably anybody if you don't turn the ball over. Yeah, man, and they they play good ball uh, defensive football so, uh, so far. And I mean, obviously, you know, level of competition very different. And we'll see when they play Boise State this week, in which we'll discuss in a little bit. But I mean, honestly, dude, they're a fun team to watch. I love watching them. I mean, yeah. they are. And, and this week, honestly, this weekend. If uh, Zach Wilson performs, um, driver's seat. He, huh? It this weekend could put them in the driver's seat for the four seat if you think about it. So if he balls out, he could easily be a Heisman uh, finalist. Yeah, absolutely. Let's think mm-hmm. about that, and then let's also think about like Clemson beats Notre Dame this weekend. Notre Dame is done. Yeah. Notre Dame loses to a backup quarterback. You know they're done at home. Yeah, they have no chance of making the playoff. Because also, if they did, boring. Again, I make the case that it's boring. Well, they're definitely not making the – like, they're definitely not beating Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. They have to play them again as well, assuming they go undefeated the rest of the season right. and they get to the ACC championship game. You, what, you lose to them twice? What are you going to do? Yeah, they're out. Well, they're out. They, if Notre Dame doesn't win this weekend, they're done. So, like, let's say Clemson wins this weekend and then, you know – Georgia or Florida wins this weekend and loses to Alabama in the SEC title game. Those teams are out. Both those teams are out. Uh, you, then, really, realistically, all you need is A&M to blow a game to a team that they're probably going to fuck around and lose to. Um, and then, at that point, like, what are you going to do? Put a Pac-12 team in? Probably not because they're playing, like, Six games. Like yeah, like that just it's not so you got six six games if they're lucky. Yeah, so you got Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and who else? I mean, if BYU is undefeated and this kid is a Heisman finalist lighting it up, like if at at this point, why not? You know, it would create some and I don't know, BYU has the historical, you know, the historical relevance to be like, ah, we can throw them in there as a brand, you know? May as well, look, I, think, I mean, I, I think that's one thing that smaller teams struggle with also is the money aspect. Like BYU has money behind it. I mean, they're a, they're a very, very, very small school with obviously significantly less talent, but I mean, damn, if everybody's has at least two losses, the, the, the teams that you would put in the four spot, if, a&M, Florida, and Georgia all have three losses. I mean, shit, like, why not? I, and I I, per, I love uh, – I can't say his name. I can't. The BYU head coach, Kal- Kalani Sataki. I think that's how you say it. Shit, I don't know. Um, but I love him. I believe – I believe he coached at Navy. I could be wrong on that. Um, that's, I'm, I'm probably wrong on that, actually. Um, anyways, 
I quite he's he's super hype on the sideline. Uh, he just goes out there and gets it, and I love it. Uh, he did not coach at Navy. I apologize. He played at BYU. He's coaching at his alma mater, which I love. Um, and and then yeah, I just you know they're just like a fun loving team. And if you're telling me, all right, you can get Kellen Mond in the playoffs, or you can get the Mormon Manzel in the playoffs, I, we all know the answer. I'm tired of killing Mond. Like, he's had a lot of chances. Like, sorry, dude. Yeah, you blew it. And now there's somebody more fun on the block, and we want them to the, come to the party. All right? He's Not more you. Fun, he's more new. He, you know, you know, I don't know. He's he's more fun, and he's more new. So, sorry to kill him on. Uh, Shan, Shan uh, I, I talked to him weekend of the Georgia game. We, we had a good chat, and... He was kind of he was kind of making fun of Zach Wilson. He's probably gonna find this conversation hilarious because he he called him the Thursday night Heisman because uh how BYU always plays on like a weeknight, which what? is damn it. I mean, what's he which is also doing? true this week. They play Boise State tomorrow Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. I mean Friday night. Friday night. I oh, believe. Well, that's still weird. I agree. It's kind of weird. It's, but that's all their games. All their games are played, like, uh, Thursdays. Uh, they play 845 Central tomorrow night uh, on the Blue Turf. Love it. Dude, so, I love the Blue Turf. It's one of my favorite venues. I do, too. I believe Boise State has, like, a plus 10-point advantage when they play on the Blue Turf. Fun fact, and I was going to say I'll, – no, I'll save the fun fact before we get to the game. Podcast. Huh? You brought this up on previous podcasts, but do it again. No, well, I brought up the point differential. Uh, that they have, I believe it's like nine plus nine on the blue turf, and and Hawaii's Hawaii's like plus eleven. That's the best uh, home field advantage in the country, as far as um point differential away from home and at home. Crazy as shit to think about. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Um, but no, Boise State, I believe in the last hundred twenty-two home games, they have been favored in one hundred and twenty-one. That's an Alabama-type streak, dude. That's fucking nuts. They've been underdogs in one game, and then in this game this weekend, they are also home dogs, uh, which I don't think is counted into the count, but yeah. uh, That's crazy. Pretty bananas, dude. It's actually uh, a crazy, crazy thought uh, that Boise plays so well in the blue turf, and I I love it. And this this game? I love Boise, dude. I'm a a huge Boise guy, mostly because I think I kind of fell in love with that team that beat Oklahoma. Everybody did. Like, they were just a fun team. And then you had, like, uh, the running back, Ian, I guess Ian Johnson. What's that his name? I believe so. That proposed to his girlfriend. Yeah, he proposed to his girlfriend, like, after that game. I was like, damn, this is crazy. You know. That was pretty great. Also, by the way, just for for funsies, because it just popped up on my screen, um... I'm looking at Paul Sabin. He works for ESPN uh, Analytics. I'm never and eight. Well, okay. He he put out some analytics. Nerd. No, I'm kidding. He put out some analytics. Uh, the it's the ESPN Allstate Playoff Predictor, not sponsored. Um, anyways, he put it out eight days ago, and it's you know percentage chance to make the playoffs. Alabama's at 87%. You have Ohio State and Clemson Ooh. at 75%, and then. The fourth team is Wisconsin at 47%, but they've missed two games, so probably not. I mean, shit. Like, how is – dude, 
And then it goes then, – then the rest of them go Georgia 24, Notre Dame 22, Oregon 21, USC 16, and then BYU like, at 13. Hold the phone. USC has a better chance than BYU. 30% better chance according to the analytics. That is – Release the Cougs. I mean, but think about it. So USC is not making it. Oregon probably – I would say legitimately the Pac-12 is out of it. USC may lose Saturday against Arizona State in a 9 o'clock uh, Pacific time kickoff. Although I don't I don't think they will lose. Like, we don't give a damn about football, so we're going to give y'all whatever, you know, we're going to we're going to give you the crap into the stick and they're, they're trying to get that they're trying to get that early kickoff on the East Coast. They're trying to get that noon East Coast kickoff that they never get because they're playing West Coast time. The thing is we don't care about those games though. I mean uh, but but you got you got to understand from that point of view, but also I, it's a I, very it's, I like that they're being kind of competitive in it that they're like throwing their product against other product. But also oh, you're yeah. you're doing this wacky experiment that could mess with with the product with uh your biggest name brand. Yeah, no, yeah, it's 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 a hell of a gamble in my opinion. It's weird. The whole thing's weird, but so is Larry Scott and the Pac-12 as a whole. So what, what are you going to do? What time did you say they're going to have to wake up for the game? Herm Edwards said what? Four, Her, Herm Edwards came out and said the team breakfast, the, the guys are going to have to wake up at 445 to get to the team <laughs> breakfast, which is crazy. And also the fact they're having a team breakfast, which is <laughs> The, the fact that they're even having a team breakfast, which has caused outbreaks on other teams, is crazy. The whole thing's crazy. I don't think – I mean, I don't think team breakfast is a crazy concept in the sense that, generally speaking, you're hanging out with a bunch of positive or, or I guess, COVID-negative people. Generally speaking, but you're taking a gamble. I'm just there, there's, I mean, I'm not saying it's common for it to break out there, but – there, I know there was at least one case of a team having a team lunch and that causing an outbreak. And they have been Florida, now that I think about it. Point point being, uh, the whole situation is weird. Um, and I can't wait to watch the shit show unfold at 11 a.m. Central Time, best time zone. Dude. Oh, I'm so excited to be back in Central Time. I, I can't, can't wait to I can't wait to invite you back to this the best time zone with open arms, Taylor. We missed you. Man, dude, the 2:30 football game is the elite football game. It is. It truly is, and uh, it's it's uh, it's my favorite time slot for for nostalgia reasons. Kristen actually, my girlfriend, did not know that that was the prime time spot. Yeah, I mean, 2:30 is the best football game of the day. Which I mean, but if you think about it, that is an SEC thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just grew up knowing that the best football game was like midday. Like right, but she grew up a Texas fan, and if for most of the country, like the quote unquote primetime game, if it isn't like an Alabama LSU, is like a seven p.m. kickoff. Right. Um. So I get it. So she was like, I told her like she was like, I was like, oh yeah, Bama's playing primetime, and she said, no, they're not. And I was like, yeah, it's two thirty, and she said, that's not primetime. I was like, oh, sit down. Anytime I, yeah, anytime, anytime you talk to somebody from like Alabama and you're like, they got the primetime game, you're like, oh, 2.30. Yeah. yeah, it's a get, and I honestly, I'm just now realizing the, um, or the cultural guess, disconnect. A lot of people in Atlanta, like, like the 3.30 time slot too, like 2.30 or 3.30, like that is, 
it's a, it's the best time slot. So I. But and, I mean, for similar reasons, growing up a Georgia fan or you know an SEC fan in that in that area, yeah. you're probably looking at it as like, oh, that's the CBS prime time, whereas yeah. ESPN has a different ESPN ABC have a different prime time. Yeah, if you say CBS prime time, a football fan's like, yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, and SEC football fans specifically, definitely yeah. all about it. Yeah. Um, did, did you want to? Did you still want to touch on the uh, Heisman race, or did you want to um? Yeah, move past so that. Mac Jones is the betting favorite, which, to be honest, I we talked about this a little bit. Not maybe I think maybe we talked about it off pod about this. We did. I said, you know, if Mac goes off in the Georgia game, I think he should be leading for the Heisman. And maybe I said it because I'm super gone, but also if you think about it. No. If if my thing was if Mac Jones goes off against Georgia and he effectively goes off and has similar stats as Trevor Lawrence against a objectively better schedule, it would be hard to not give him the Heisman. But now, um, you know, it it's you know, sucks for Trevor Lawrence because he is the best player in the country, probably. Um but you look at, you know, him missing two games, how can you win the Heisman? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, especially their marquee game, and he probably will get another shot at Clemson, but still. All right, Notre Dame. Huh? You mean at Notre Dame he'll get another Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no. So, yeah. He misses – he's not going to get a Heisman moment, which I think is a little overrated sometimes. A thousand percent agree, but it is what it is. But if you look at it, generally speaking, the Heisman candidates do have big games against the best teams. I mean, when Joe Burrow beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa, I mean, that won him the Heisman. That was it. I mean, it was it was a matter of Tua wins, he wins the Heisman. Joe Burrow wins, he wins the Heisman, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at Derrick Henry against LSU, I mean, that he won. Plus Auburn, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's when he took control. He cemented it, yeah. You know, so – I mean, I think when you look at when you look at the Heisman in that perspective, Mac Jones has been really, 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 really good, um, and it helps. I mean, it it sucks for Trevor Lawrence, but significantly helps Mac Jones that Trevor Lawrence won't play in two two games. You know, I mean, that's just massive. Yeah, and uh, it, it, Mac Jones obviously. Uh, I'll just read off a couple of some quick stats here: uh, two thousand one hundred ninety six yards. 78.5 completion percentage, averaging 12 yards of toss, and 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. And he's doing it against good competition. I mean, he's he's lighting it up. Uh, I would like to give a quick nod, if I could, to Najee Harris with 124 rushes for 714 yards. He's averaging 5.8 yards a carry on 124 carries and he's not even his longest is 39 yards which so he's not doing it on long runs 14 touchdowns Najee Harris uh according to Bavada the sixth highest betting favorite at plus 2500 um he's yeah. number six currently behind Smitty who's fifth damn Smitty man. so we, Alabama has three players in the top six betting favorites for the Heisman at this very moment I was 50% that, I don't know I was thinking that maybe – I'm getting another beer. I was thinking that maybe 
Najee's chances would go up if Najee winds up having a crazy season. Which he is having a crazy season. Yeah, no, but yeah, but assuming he continues, you know, these stats, like maybe he out touchdowns Mac in a couple games and, you know. I mean, he currently, he's currently right there. I mean, he's got two touchdowns less. And let's not act like we're feeding him on the goal line. You know what I mean? Like this dude's like making plays from all over the field, catching the ball. I think. Well, I don't know. I think Najee Loki has a chance if he continues to play like this, mostly because Trevor Lawrence missed these couple games. And if you're going to give it to the best player on the best team and Najee has crazy stats, I think it's a great argument you could make that he's the most valuable player on Alabama. He's also uh, on 20 catches, 183 yards, averaging 9.1 yards a catch. So he's almost got 900 Total yards so far this season. A touchdown or a first down every time he touches the damn ball. Out of the backfield, just about. Yeah, it's um, it's freakish. Like a true, he's true. And the thing is, like I said, he's not doing this on big runs, and I think that's to his detriment in the Heisman race because he's not like making the big plays. Although he is going to get the highlight reel plays with the hurdles and whatnot, but yeah. it's just not uh, as dynamic, one would say, but as as consistent as could be for a guy that is going to be keyed in on by defenses. He, I think Etienne's probably going to win the Doak Walker, but Najee will be a finalist. Yeah, I uh, actually I should pull up Etienne's stats, but yeah, it's um Najee has to be a finalist, and I understand Etienne winning it. That's okay, fair enough. He is a freak of nature. I get it. The two best running backs in the country, though. Oh, bar none. It's not even close. It's not, and there are some really good running backs this year, like really, really good running backs. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, those two are by far and away uh, next level athletes. It's uh, Etienne has 606 yards and nine touchdowns, so Najee is outperforming him. Um, and then, well, oh my God. Okay, so Etienne is is 29 catches for 434 yards. He has over a thousand yards total total yardage. How many does he have? Uh, out of the backfield or total? Total. Uh, about about 900. He's just short of 900. Etienne's yeah. averaging 15 yards a catch. My God. That's crazy. So Etienne's out gaining him uh, out of the back uh, out of the well, backfield catching. Advantage right now. As far as yardage goes, uh, and he has, uh, real quick, I don't want to get too caught up on this, but he has 11 touchdowns where Najee has uh, 14. So just just so you know. Point being, um, and honestly, I'm kind of shocked Travis Etienne's not in that top six. He is the seventh player right behind Najee uh, in the— probably because, probably because, I guess, Najee does it more on the ground against better— against better, yeah. objectively. Yeah, and uh, just a quick note that uh, the Mormon Manziel is ninth at plus 3,300. Put your bets down, ladies and gentlemen. He could make it to New York, I think. I think if I could just bet on him making it to New York, quote unquote, you know, whatever that, if they're actually going, you know, being a finalist, I would bet on him being a finalist, absolutely. He could be. Uh, absolutely would bet on that, but you cannot bet on that. You can only bet on the winner. Oh, you can also, just another quick note, Bet on BYU to make the four-team playoff. They are plus 475 
if they do as a yes and then yeah. minus 850 as a no. So they are not favored to make the playoffs. Can't believe it. Anyways, that's just a quick note. Uh, you're, you're better off betting BYU than Florida, though. I'll tell you that right now. Um, as far as the odds go, let's go ahead and uh, dig into the battle for the bottle. All right. Uh, theme song, play. Ba, 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 ba. You get it. Um, we'll have a theme song one day. <laughs> we don't know anybody who makes music. Like, we don't have anybody to do it. Here we do. I, I don't. I'll talk to somebody. Yeah, you, you hit up your connects. All right. Um, all right, so... Just a quick recap on the standings. Taylor is currently a game ahead. Ten, or I'm ten and twenty-one. Taylor's eleven and twenty. We did not. Yeah, if I had a soundboard, I would have done that there, uh, and not a fart sound, because um, we're both shit. Um, but, but uh, anyways, we haven't picked for a couple of weeks, so we've had a couple of weeks to refresh, maybe get better. God, I mean, maybe big ass maybe dude who knows so, and it's a good slate of games we have three ranked matchups this weekend and then a couple sec games that are big in terms of the sec kind of one of them isn't one of them is so let's Man, go ahead and ask about this weekend's games if i'm being honest with you. it's a very good slate uh i'm gonna have to rush back i'm going across the bay to golf that is my mention of the golf of golf for the pod that is required um classic top golf last weekend uh, you beat me in one game out of three. I won two out of three. No, you didn't. Liz won the other game. No, I won two. No, Liz won one. You won. No, one. Liz didn't win one. I'm sorry, Liz. She beat you in one. She uh, beat you in two. You just did that. Oh yeah, I, I'm sorry, Liz. It did happen, and she, I think she knows. She's she's not. Uh, she's I not. Mostly, I was mostly sad you roasted me. You said I got beat in every game except for one. <laughs> She did. She beat you. Finished third and two, and then one and one when you switched to the game mode and then hit the center of the net. If I be that, I'd be doing that. Was the that was your win condition? And then in my last seven, I hit the side of the net, so I only got fifty instead of seventy-five, and I couldn't make the comeback. I was this close. It sucks. I was so close. Ah. Um, but you were playing well. We were both playing. We were all three of us. You, Liz, and I were all playing very well, hitting some really good shots. So. Golf pros, maybe. Allegedly. Everybody challenges the Top Golf. We will kick your ass, and you will buy us drinks for it. Thank you. Yes. yes. Uh, we are the podcasting podcasting Top Golf champions. We are not the podcasting Pick'em champions. So let's go ahead and start with the biggest SEC game. We'll start big to less big. Is how we're gonna do this, just because it's how I have it written down for some reason. Uh, so the big, da- the granddaddy, technically for the SEC, not the entire week, is number eight Florida in Jacks Vegas against number five Georgia. Georgia giving three and a half in the world's largest cocktail quarantine, <laughs> is what I've deemed it. <laughs> the cocktail quarantine—that's funny as hell. Um, I think I'm gonna go Georgia here, and my rationale is. In one possession game since 2012 or 2011, Georgia's won four of them. They've all been – there's been four one possession games since 2011. Georgia's won all of them. 
Florida won three in a row a few years ago, but they were ass whoopings. Georgia's won three in a row this time. I think that I don't know. I think that Florida probably has an easier path to victory. But I think Georgia has the psychological advantage. Okay, so you're going Georgia giving the points. Yeah. I, um, it's not even super sound logic. I just have a feeling that Georgia's going to somehow win. Although I think that Florida probably has an easier path to win it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, you came with, like, you came with history, though, which is interesting. Um, considering we are playing an unprecedented season where you can throw history out the window is my take. Well, also, if you look at it, like, Georgia has played like shit the week before Florida uh, the past couple of years, and they've somehow they, – they found a way to win. I think, I think Kirby will have them ready to play. I think, though, that in previous years – Although we make fun of Jake Fromm, we take hit shots at him, as you will. Um, although although he is supreme, uh, as he would put it. Uh, that's not even the free, you get it. You know what I was going for. Um, yeah, everybody got it. Uh, anyways, they had a better quarterback, and they had weapons around him, which they are currently missing. And like you mentioned previously in the podcast, they are missing some serious talent on defense. And I think their defense was going to have to keep them in this game. Because I think if it gets ugly early, we know how Kirby uh, goes into panic mode. And I am banking on it. I'm banking on Florida to come out guns a blazing. Uh, they're going to have, like, Dan Mullen's going to start a fight club in the locker room before the game to get them gassed up. What a clown ass. Oh, we didn't even mention that. The Dan Mullen. St- basically starting the fight and then pumping the crowd up after coming out Dude. of the tunnel. I think sports fights are awesome. And then awesome. doing the presser in a Darth Vader costume. Dude, how in God's name did Dan Mullen only get fined $25,000 and not get suspended for, like, way worse objectively. Like, objectively way worse than what Lane Kiffin did. Like, Lane Kiffin just retweeted some asshole on Twitter. He instigated a bench-clearing brawl. Yeah, like, Dan Mullen, like, was the reason. Like, there were multiple suspensions, multiple ejections. Uh. <laughs> and, like, they were probably soft on the ejections in that game because there were, like, ten players throwing punches. It's not – and multiple assistant coaches. Like, no assistant coaches got suspended. Like, how did no coaches get suspended? Like, yeah, I – that whole, what are you gonna do, Taylor? Hamstring your your primetime game of the week? No. Exactly, you're not. No. If you're Greg, I like I don't I don't blame Greg Sankey like because I get tired of Georgia fans too. I mean, I mean, Dan, look, Dan how, Mullen. Dan Mullen was playing 4D chess. He knew they couldn't do anything. How is Florida gonna beat Georgia without Dan Mullen? They're not. I get it, Greg Sankey. Like I get tired of Georgia fans too. Yeah, like. I, it, I, it's hard to play Florida and the refs and the SEC office. I get it. You hate to see it. And for that reason, I'm taking Florida. But dead ass, I mean, it is baffling how he didn't face, like, at least find him, like, 75K. No, absolutely. Like I said, he from all— clown assery. 
I mean, from all I understand, he the players were like trotting to the locker room, and Dan went guns a blazing to midfield. I like he like. He pretty much did everything except for make contact with an official. Like, that's the only bad thing he didn't do, like, in that whole thing. I just – I don't know. I just – I don't really understand the SEC officiating. Now, I'm not a blame the officials guy, but they've been shit this year. No, but it goes beyond the officials. It goes to the office. It deadass goes to the office because they the watch office, the tape. The root of the problem has been the root of the damn organization. Right. I mean, look, also um, – there is a player, I think his name his number is number ninety, who's thrown two piece combos out there, and he didn't even get tossed. He, ejected. he didn't even get ejected or like suspended. Like they looked through the they looked through the video evidence, and they were like, nah, whatever. Like, my guy, my guy was in the middle of the brawl, throwing a right left right left jab jab uppercut. That man takes boxing lessons. Like, he did. Don't mess with him. Like, Do you watch I, that video and you're like, oh, I know that one. I know that combo. Yeah. yeah, I took a few boxing lessons. Like, I, yeah, I'd be giving these people combos too. <laughs> they will give a two-piece combo. Don't you worry about that. There were a lot of fights in football this week. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, there's the there are a couple in the NFL as well. Yeah, nuts, dude. Um, so, yeah. hey, wild week. Uh, it must be uh, Mercury's in retrograde, so – Moral of that story, uh, I'm taking Georgia. Uh, Avery's taking Florida. <laughs> That's it. That is it. And I truly think Dan Mullen's starting a fight club in the locker room. Don't ask about it because they're not going to talk about it. And that's going to give him the edge. We hate Dan Mullen. They're battle-hardened. Uh, let's move on to the actual proper game day. Uh, and it is the higher-ranked matchup. In uh, number one, Clemson giving five at number four Notre Dame with uh, DJU. I'm not going to pronounce his name. I'm sorry, everybody starting instead of Trevor Lawrence. I think it's like, I I listened to a podcast this morning that said it three times and then they just defaulted to DJU. So I'm going to say DJU. It is hard, dude. Look, if he played for Alabama, I get it, but he doesn't, so I won't. It's, it's even more difficult than like Tungo Vailoa. It is more difficult. It's more tongue work. Excuse the phrasing. <laughs> it, no, it's he is a hard name to pronounce. Like I'm, I, I'm all for like you know knowing how to say people's names. Like his shit is difficult. Like I'm. I mean, for- if I would have prepared a little bit ahead of the pod, I'd have it ready. I apologize. I thought Taylor said 8 p.m. Central. He did. He just meant 8 p.m. Eastern. We won't have that problem in a week, so don't – it's oh, fine. Cool. I didn't even think about that, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's all right. Anyways, the backup quarterback starting, who they had a scare against Boston College, but in the second half they really turned it on. It, was, um, it wasn't the quarterback's fault, though. The defense, no, he played well. Like, that quarterback is good. Like, that kid is a stud. And he's got a cannon. Good. He's big as hell. He's got a cannon. I mean, like, he's good. Like, 6'5", 240? Yeah, I – I think I'll take Clemson in this one, to be honest with you. Mostly because, like, they're good at, at not, like, forcing their guys into difficult situations. Like, that kid is talented, and he, like, knows he's going to start. They're preparing for it the entire week. I think Clemson's going to win. They got better. They got better football players on both sides of the ball. I'll take Clemson. I, I I got you there. Um, they are playing at Notre Dame. This Notre Dame team 
so I've been listening to like some podcasts about it. I don't think they're elite, like, and I'm not saying any Notre Dame team has ever been like, because there are tiers in college football and you have like the Alabama Clemson tier and then you have the second tier, which is like Ohio State and some other teams fluctuate in and out of it. It is up there with Bama Clemson. They haven't won a title since 14, so. Sure. I mean, sure, but the talent is there. The talent is there, but it's not all about talent. You have to have something beyond it. Any, they're close. They're very close. They're the, second, they're the closest team to they're that up. team. They're up there. And I would say they're locked into that second tier, and then you have some uh, – Notre Dame's fluctuated in to around that tier before. I don't think this team is in that tier. I think they're a tier below that. Um, and uh, I think they're a team that is greater than the sum of – the whole is greater than some of its parts. Um, their offensive line is legit. They run the ball really well. They have some excellent tight ends. Uh, their defense looks like it's pretty good. Uh Ooh. I think they're going to struggle on the perimeter. I I think I agree. And then what I was going to say is I don't think they quite have the athletes. Um, and they rarely do. I mean, they have guys, but, like, they don't consistently have athletes everywhere like an Alabama or a Clemson if specifically. They had, if they had chased Claypool, like, this year, I think it would be a different game. You know what I'm saying? But they don't have Claypool this year. I have a couple freakish tight ends. Yeah, but they don't have anybody to, like, stretch the defense out. So you know they're going to probably attack a lot of the middle of the field, probably. Go up to the so, seams, yeah. I'd agree. It just kind of limits you, you know what I mean? I, I agree, and I don't think Ian Book is a game. He's not He's not, He's not. not an elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. Um, and they're going to have to lean on the run game, and I think that is could potentially be a problem for Notre Dame in this game. And, and they could succeed. They could do that. And they could succeed in confusing DJ U, U, DJ U. Uh, but am I going to bet on them doing that? I'm absolutely not. I don't think I can bet against Clemson in this game. They are only giving five. So I can see them winning by touchdown. And my thing is, if any, if this game is going to be a blowout, it's going to go Clemson's way. It's not going Notre Dame's way if it's a blowout. So... I just don't – there's a path to victory for Notre Dame. I hate that we're using that phrase. It's very um, reminiscent of something that's going on at this very moment in time. But point being, they they could win. Notre Dame definitely has a shot here. That's not like they have no shot. I mean, the line's five for a reason. They're at home. They're playing a backup quarterback. But he did not make any mistakes. The only mistake he made was he had a high handoff of Travis Etienne out of uh, – from under center, I think they'll they'll tidy that up this week in practice. And um, unless he makes a, a throw where he kind of cannons it at the receiver and it just bops by him to the safety, I don't see a scenario where uh, he loses them that game. And I think that's kind of what a lot of people are banking on when, when they're saying, "Oh, Notre Dame, they 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 could do this." Clemson's on upset alert. You know, I don't think that's the case. So yeah. I'm, all that to say, I'm with you. I'm taking Clemson, giving the points. Yeah, I mean, it. but if you're Notre Dame, like, if you're not going to get it done now, when are you going to get it done? To, and I get that, but, but, no, I, like I, I said, this is not, this is not their best team. I, uh, kind of, I kind of feel that way about Florida. Like, if Florida doesn't beat Georgia right now, when are they going to do it? I could see that. That's more, that to me is more, uh, relevant Notre Dame this is not like the Notre Dame team that got 
destroyed in the playoffs by Clemson, mind you, but they did lose a key guy, and I'm spacing on his name. They did lose a key guy in that game that kind of turned the tide. Um, so, you know, I don't – huh? in 2012? No, I'm talking about when they played Clemson before Clemson smashed us up. I was just messing with you. Oh, okay. No, yeah. No, that team wasn't – that team was out of its depth as well. I think everybody knew that going into the game. Um, but anyways, uh, so that's it for Clemson-Notre Dame. I can't wait to watch it. I'm gassed. Uh, kickoff is uh, – isn't it like a 7 p.m.? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be moved in by then. I hope so, buddy. I hope so for your sake. It is a 6.30 p.m. kickoff Central Time, which you will be in. We love to see it, folks. Central Time. Next game we discussed a little bit earlier. I love it already. It's on the blue turf. It is number nine BYU minus three and a half at number 21 Boise State. Boise State 2-0. BYU, I believe, 6-0. Um, Battle of the Undefeated in a weird way. You know what? I think I'm gonna go out on a limb and take Boise on this one. You're gonna go boy. You're gonna go blue turf advantage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, it's November. It's when teams start feeling pressure. Um, generally in college football, you'll have teams that you know jump out to a six and zero, a seven and zero, maybe an eight and zero. Okay. This year's a little bit different, but you still have kind of the pressure of the playoff rankings coming up and, and you start to get some attention on you, you get a primetime game. I think they could mess around and, and lose this game in Boise. It's, you know, you're going against a program that's been there, done that. Like, like Boise state is not going to be scared of them. Um, and I think Boise state's going to pull it out. I, I understand what you're saying. And I love, we discussed, I love Boise state. They have an, a major advantage on the blue turf. You're going home dogs, which is fair, and I respect that. However, we do not know who will be the starting quarterback for Boise. Uh, their current starting quarterback, who I am – or their court, starting quarterback for game one, which was – I can't find it. Jack Sears – oh, Bachmeyer, Hank Bachmeyer, Uh Didn't travel in week two. Jack Sears played and had went for 291 and three touchdowns, I believe, against Air Force, if I recall correctly. Uh, yes, against Air Force. So he played pretty well, but against Air Force. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer, a known quantity and a very good quarterback. Nobody really knows why he's out. Suspicion is COVID, uh, but they haven't said. And okay. if it is COVID, you could definitely see him being out for this week. But they haven't said, so we don't know. I am going to go with BYU. I'm going with the Cougs, partially because I love them, partially because of the, the Mormon Manziel, and partially because you you mentioned this. it's November. Teams start to feel a little – start to sweat a little bit. Guess what, Taylor? I don't know if you watch this BYU team. They got the sauce, all right? This team's got the sauce. I don't know if you watched them play, but they are a lot of fun. They know they're a lot of fun. They know they got it, bro, all right? And they're going to bring it. And this is their high, this is their entire spotlight game. This is it for their season. The rest of their games are garbage. I can pull them up here, but I don't have them up. Point being, they don't play anybody else. This is their Super Bowl, and they know it. And I think they're going to come out and show out against a potential backup quarterback. Uh, yes, please. Let's go. Zach Wilson, uh, BYU, go Cougs to pull it out, plus minus three and a half. 
sweet. I love it. Uh, they also, just quickly, they play Northern Arizona and San Diego State to close the season after Boise State. Holy shit. So take that for what you will. Hopefully everyone shits the bed and and they're just like, a, eh, we'll just throw them in consideration. Like I said, this is their marquee game. They need to win this and then they need Boise State to stomp everybody. Oh, absolutely. So we split now on two games. I've taken uh, – the road team in all of them. Georgia, you took Georgia and uh, no, I took Florida. Oh wait, I've taken the road team in every game. To, well, Florida technically not a road team, but technically a home team in reality. Uh, anyways, just a little fun fact: we split on two games, so there's some room for maneuvering, and we have a couple SEC games to close out this podcast with. Uh, the first one is with third best team in the SEC. Uh, number seven, Texas A&M, minus 10 at South Carolina. Um, I'll take Texas A&M, mostly because I think, I don't know, South Carolina is, I don't know, I feel like kind of dead mm. um, at this point. I mean, they've taken some tough losses. I think the LSU loss, they kind of took on the chin. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just, I think that they, like, Kind of see the writing on the wall with Will Muschamp at this point, in my opinion. That's fair. Um, I'm going to go same way. Uh, I, I was going to say the exact same thing. South Carolina is dead. The cockaboos has run out of gas. Okay. <laughs> it is. I should have said coal. That would have been more accurate as a, it's a train. But I had to. I had to pull it out of my ass real quick. You know what I mean? Uh. So. Yeah, I'm going to go A&M minus 10. I was going to say this is my lock of the week. I will give you a quick lock of the week. Indiana plus three at home against Michigan. So, Dude, Michigan, holy shit. For what it's worth, uh, I don't think this Michigan team is nearly as good for beating up on a shitty Minnesota team. And this Indiana team isn't – they're not elite by any means. Like, they're not going to beat Ohio State, but, like – I like their quarterback a lot, and I think I love Tom Allen. I love their coach. Legitimately, I mean, they could beat anybody else in the Big Ten. I mean, like pretty much everybody sucks. They could they could go undefeated minus uh, Ohio State. They already beat Penn State. I think they're going to beat Michigan at home, and they're getting three points. Yeah. So basically, what I'm saying is take Michigan because I've called that my lock of the week. Um. um anyway. Wait, that we're betting. Huh. Is that a game that we're betting? No, I just I was gonna say A and M was my lock of the week, okay. and then I decided to make a call for lock of the week, and I I was like, that's one I really like. Okay. Just for funsies, since I have the lines pulled up on my computer. Cool. And if you want to give one, you you're more than welcome to. I'll take Michigan in that one. You'll take that's was that your lock of the week or just for funsies? No, I'll just take Michigan against your lock of the week. That's, uh, I mean, again, probably a safe bet. <laughs> it's going to be very right. <laughs> this will be, a, I think it'll be a blowout one way or the other. I truly do. Like, that game's not going to be close. What a shit show of a game. I don't know. We'll see. But the last game of the week is uh, the famed, the famed, and I say this because I love Kevin, even though he doesn't listen to this podcast. I love our friend Kevin very much. The famed Tennessee Volunteers. Minus two at Arkansas. 
<laughs> and I think I know where we're both going. I think, honestly, this is probably a safer lock of the week if, if we're both going the same direction, which I think we are. I think I'm going to go Arkansas here. I mean, come on, dude. Are you kidding me? There's more optimism around the program. They're playing really hard. They're they, on the up, bro. They have a decent defense. I think that, you know, what's-his-face, Goober, uh, who's that, Sam Pittman? Yeah, Sam Pittman, Goober, yeah. Sam Pittman. Goober, Pittman. It's easier for him to motivate his guys to get up for this game. Um, because I think that Tennessee has faced some pretty frustrating losses. Tennessee off a of bye week and three L's. Damn. Um, Arkansas uh, off a fresh loss to A&M, 42-31, but a pretty good A&M team that's really coming into form, and they're at home. Arkansas's at home? Arkansas is at home in a two-point home underdog, dude. Give me Arkansas. I I'm taking Arkansas. I tell, like I said, this is this is honestly I take back my Indiana thing because the Big Ten's a shit show and who knows. Arkansas for sure. Arkansas. This is this has a major Texas A&M minus five at Mississippi State a few weeks ago vibes. Like that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. How is Tennessee favored? Like it do, literally doesn't even. Honestly, it'd probably be worse if they're at home because their fans hate them. But like. <laughs> what is this line? What no, is this line? I, I I think this is the first time all year I've taken Arkansas. But like it it just makes sense. Like they like you said the the program's on the up and up. They're they're playing well. Felipe Franks is serviceable. Um, their defense looks like it's playing hard. I will against Garantano. That's what it takes. I'll take the under on this though for sure. Uh, right quick, just since you mentioned that, the under is at, and I'm not stalling, I'm just talking a little slow for other purposes, 52 and a half. Under. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's basically a pick em. It's basically a pick em. Also, I'd like to give a quick shout out to your actual favorite over-under of the week, 44 and a half for Vandy, Mississippi State. Jesus. Yeah, and Vandy's a 19-point underdog, which I think is very rude to Vandy, considering how shit Mississippi State is. Yeah, what does that even say? Like, they've scored, like, two points in the last, like, eight quarters or some crazy shit. I think, yeah, I think in the last three games it's 17 points in uh, 12 quarters. Yeah, in 12 quarters they've scored 17 points in a 19 point. That is, give me Vandy. I I mean I that's that's a game I don't want to mess with. But you mentioned the under in that one for sure, and 44 and a half. And it kind of reminds me of last week, uh, Georgia Kentucky. We were like, I think the under over under was also 44 and a half, and we we're like, oh under. And they scored 17 total points. Holy shit! <laughs> so they were well under. Holy shit! 17 total points. That was an ugly game. Uh, I hope we don't get as many ugly games this week. Although I have a feeling about Tennessee, Arkansas. I don't think it's going to be pretty. That's going to be a fugly ass game. But some really fun games to watch this week, and I cannot wait. I'm I'm super excited. Um, we will be back next Tuesday. Correct? You'll be good Tuesday. Yeah, should be. Okay, I should I should also be good Tuesday. Um. 
we'll see. But we should be back Tuesday. Uh, we will be posting that costume on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter, if you want to follow us and check that out. Also, tweet at us or comment if you would like to hear new things. Whatever you'd like to hear, DM us at NotSoExperts. Uh, if you like the podcast, go ahead, give us a five-star review on iTunes. You know, it's pretty sweet, and we it makes us feel good. If we feel it, we feel it. We don't look, but we or, feel the vibes. Or on whatever, I guess, whatever you review shit on. Yeah, or whatever you review shit. I don't think you can on Spotify. That's why I always say iTunes. I don't think you can on Spotify and maybe on Google Podcasts, but I, I know the majority – I can tell you right now, the majority of the people that listen to this podcast listen on iTunes. Uh, about 85% if I recall correctly. Well, uh, for the rest of the 15 percenters. Uh, for the rest of the 15 percenters, tweet at us. Yeah, tweet at us or give us a five-star review on. You can't on Spotify. Like I'm telling you, you can't review podcasts on Spotify. What's another one? Stitcher? St- I, I don't think anybody listens to us on Stitcher. Whatever podcast there are. What a, look, if you can review our podcast on whatever you listen to it on, give us a five-star review. If you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy it, you can keep listening. Just don't give us a review. Thank you very much. If you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> How about that one? I would like just uh, just to point out uh, 3% of our podcast listens are other platforms, which I don't know what that means. So if you're one of those 3%, tweet at us, show us some love however you can, and we'd love that. <laughs> We're big three percenters. We're, We're huge three percenters. If that gets us to the top, <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever it takes. If you're in the three percent, get damn iTunes and start rating us there. Yeah, that's a probably everybody should just rate us. Even if you don't, just I don't have an iPhone. Just get on iTunes.com backslash Apple Podcast. I don't know the actual link. Just look up Apple Podcast. You'll find it. Uh, we'd love a review. Anyways, like I said. If you enjoyed it, five-star review. If you didn't, well, you can just, you can still listen, but you don't have to give us a review. Uh, we don't take criticism very well. We are very fragile. Um, <laughs> this has been a good time, though. I, I would like to say I'm glad to be back. Uh, Taylor, do you have anything else to add? Um, No. I mean, I think it would be a fun, week, fun weekend of football, um, and I'm pretty excited for it. I, I do, too. I'm very gassed. I just watched the Nevada kicker do a straight run-up on a field goal, which was crazy and hasn't been done since 1940. Uh, so big ups to the uh, Wolves, the Wolf Pack of Nevada for a crazy kicker. Anyways, that's all I got. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday. We have a bye week, so we don't have to watch a slaughter any teams. Boo. But we get to watch other games uninterrupted yay i hope everybody has a great weekend of watching college football drink your clyde maze not sponsored but hey clyde maze hit us up uh and until next time taylor roll tide roll tide brother rolling down a backwoods tennessee byway one arm on the wheel Holding my lover with the other, a sweet, soft, southern thrill. Worked hard all week, got a little jingle on a Tennessee Saturday night. Couldn't feel better.
together with my Dixieland delight. Spend my dollar, park in a holler, need the mountain moonlight. Hold her up tight, make a little loving, a little turning up in on a Mason Dixon night. It's my life. 